welcome to the show. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. And <laughs> it's my new thing. Uh, we are going to talk about isolation horror today on the show. If you celebrate Christmas, this is our Christmas episode. <laughs> I think a lot of times people can feel isolated around the holidays, even though existentially, of course, we are all alone all yeah, the time all inside the time. of ourselves. We are. But also that can be highlighted at the holidays. And I've always found that isolation horror movies and even even the PG kind, even the kind that aren't really, you know, blood and gore and disgustingness can just be kind of healing in a way because you see the isolation that the characters are going through and you don't end up feeling so alone, honestly. Absolutely. I think that's why they are a favorite for a lot of people, just because the feeling of isolation we have all felt in some way, shape or form, and like Shannon saying, whether that's emotionally or at times, I mean, look at what happened during COVID. Yeah. And isolation horror movies often really get us to face loneliness and mm -hmm. abandonment. And we know as mental health folks that why does that make such a good horror film? Because that type of shit leads people to feeling paranoid uh, suspicious fear erratic behavior fearful and as human beings we have a hard time facing our mortality mm -hmm. right where like you look at an animal and an animal will they will accept their fate their death their present right it's not that they're working for it or living for it they will protect themselves in the wild and things like that but when it does come upon them they accept their fate mm -hmm. we have a hard time doing that absolutely so isolation just it it I think it does preface because even in these movies where people are physically isolated, then it's exacerbated by being mentally and emotionally isolated at the same time. We've all felt that. Absolutely. And profound isolation, which we see in some of these movies, can cause hallucinations and and a desperate need for stimulation, which I think is what we a lot of us experienced during COVID you know, acting in ways we wouldn't normally have acted or doing things we wouldn't normally have done. And some of that was profitable and positive and people made friends with people they wouldn't have necessarily done that because of online and, and all of that. But a lot of it is, you know, relationships exploded, different things happened in our culture that were very profoundly changing and shifting and in the way we acted towards each other. And now we're seeing all of these outcomes of what happened to young people during COVID and their schooling and being desperate for stimulation means you come out of that drinking and using and, and having sex and, and all the things that young people can get really into to manage their own affect. And a lot of that we're seeing as a result of COVID, but today on the show, I noticed we were talking about horror. Isolation horror is definitely one of my favorite subgenres. I mean, I have a lot of favorite subgenres, but because I love the isolation that is portrayed in space horror, I love the isolation that is portrayed in cold places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are other things. A lot of times it's like out on a boat or in their own home. Sometimes isolation horror could be trapped in your own mind. Like you can really 
give a lot of lenience to which movies you include in this. Mm -hmm. So I'll be curious to know what some of the ones Kathy includes in some of her classics or if there's any new ones or what have you. The majority of the ones I'm going to talk about are classics just because I've seen the many of these multiple mm -hmm. times Yeah, and get something out of them every time, every time. Mm -hmm. And they elicit different feelings every time, depending on when I'm watching them, what time of year I'm watching them, who I'm watching them with. I mean, I think that's true of any movie. Sure. But isolation horror is essentially all about the atmosphere. Absolutely. So. And that's also what I love about it too. Cause I do love a slow burn with a great payoff. And a lot of times isolation horror is very much internally motivated. So if people are isolated, you'll see a lot of their, it, it, it really excels if the characters are well-developed and there's a story along the lines of a character arc. And I think that's when it works the best because it really is about either one person or a small group of people surviving something together in isolation from the rest of the culture. And, you know. You yeah. got to have story and character <laughs> to be able to make that like in any way interesting. Tell us a couple of your classics that you watch repeatedly for this very reason. Uh, well, one of the ones I I love is Hush, um, which a is one. a Mike Flanagan. That's a fucking scary one. It's really scary. And I watched it's 2016. Katie, uh, Kate uh, Siegel, mm -hmm. uh, a deaf and mute writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life, must fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. Um, John Gallagher Jr. is great in this. Mm. I watched this before. I Clearly it came out before a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff got big. And so I wasn't really super aware of who he was and that Kate Siegel was his wife at the time. Like it wasn't a Mike Flanagan hype thing. I, right, found, right. <laughs> I found it on Hulu. I watched it and I was like, Oh damn, Ooh, this is great. And <laughs> yeah. so this is where, you know, the use of, um, cellular phones and all that really does work mm -hmm. because, you know, she is someone who's hearing impaired and, when she's on the phone, the way that she gets her messages is through like a texting service and she's talking to her sister. So she always has like a, a screen open and that in some movies they use technologies just kind of like thrown around where in this she's noticing things like through the glare of the screen. And then there's all these really creepy camera angles and John Gallagher Jr. is such an amazing perpetrator in this film. He's really terrifying but I also love how strong they make her. Very. She's so strong in this character. I actually thought, because I didn't know Kate Siegel at the time, I wasn't sure if she was a deaf actor. Oh, okay. Because she, I thought she did this so well. Sure. So to this day, when I watch it, it still freaks me out because the intensity. It's very tense. It's so tense. Yeah. Really and, well made. And it's her movie. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it's definitely. Her. The whole movie is her, give or take. I mean, he's wonderful, but the perpetrator in this film really is secondary. And it's a massively silent film in many ways. I mean, obviously there's a lot of sound and music and noise and there are, there is some talking at a few points, but yeah. I quiet. love this movie. Yeah. It's in the, it's in the, it came out in the time of the quiet movie, you know, quiet yeah. place and all that where yeah. we could really, it's just really good. I want to mention the trifecta for me that came, that's like alien, the thing and the shining. Sure. Oh yeah. The thing is great. Yep. So like shining's on mine too. Yeah. That, that those all came around out around, you know, 79, 80, 82, like the shining 
The Thing, Alien. Those are all, those are three movies that I will always watch and rewatch. And they are definitely, you know, two of those are snowy and one is space. So <laughs> those are great uh, starter movies. If you haven't really watched too much horror and you want to look at like different types of isolation and different amounts of isolation, because those are actually little groups of people that are isolated together. The snowstorms in the shining. Oh my God. Um, Amazing. It doesn't matter how many times I watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. You feel so cold. I know. It's and so, so alone. <laughs> It's so scary and it so really effective. Is. And and even though we know awful stories about that movie getting made and how Stephen King feels about it and all the stuff about mm. the director, and all that, I, you know, whatever. I set all of that aside to watch that movie. It's and a it's, good movie. And it's really long and all that, but it has these epic moments in it. They use every corner They're of that hotel. So effective. Yeah. Every corner of that hotel. Because when you look at the Overlook, it is massive. And the shots that they take from the outside and then somehow, you know, because they do these far shots, right? And then you go inside the hotel, you know that they're hitting everything from the bar to the kitchen walk-in refrigerator, all of these really remote, there's nobody else around. The use of space in this film. So amazing. Is so incredibly well done. So well done. And his performance is 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 great. My brother and I had just had a conversation about how we actually prefer him in Cuckoo in mm. Cuckoo's Nest. Love that I think movie. He's, that's his best role. Such a good movie. And he's great in this, but outside of Jack, it's the ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. Of this movie. That's why it's so slow and so long is yeah. because that they intention, obviously it was intentionally made that way because if you know the story at all, the house is a character mm-hmm. in this movie. And so that house has a lot the house, the hotel has a lot of airtime. <laughs> it has a lot of screen time because you feel like you're there. It's a character. It's a bad guy in this, in this, it's the, it's the devil or the demon or the bad guy or the antagonist of this, of this movie, of this story. And so it just, it's really brilliantly done that part of it. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Such a good movie. The, and Alien and The Thing too, I completely agree. And The Thing is another one that just, you're just freezing through watching it. Oh my it. God, you're so cold mm-hmm. watching it. That one also has an element of like, it's fun. <laughs> that it's kind of fun to watch in places yeah. because of the creatures and the Oh, stuff. and there's multiple. Effects and stuff. People have different opinions on who The Thing really is. Yeah. And like, I, 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 it's fun. It's that a one's really a little, one. little bit lighter. Yeah. To me. Uh, this one is not light, mm-hmm. but effective is 2005 British horror film, The Descent. Yeah, that's a scary ass one too. This one freaks me out just because you you really feel claustrophobic. Oh, the so whole scary. Time. Um, that's a scary fucking movie, guys. <laughs> the film follows six... Well, my computer just went to sleep. The film follows six women who enter a cave system and struggle to survive against the humanoid creatures inside. It just gets harder and harder to watch in the best way as this movie... I remember watching this within the first couple of years that it came out and it just sucked me right in. And I, I have some claustrophobia depending not it's weird. It's random. It's not all the time, but watching this movie, it, it like I was holding my breath. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the people in the movie. Yeah. And then there's this, you know, horror element with these creatures that make it then, you know, really yeah. a race for time. But they, they filmed this, uh, obviously they, they had to do, this in a really clever way because shooting in an actual cave 
was like super, super dangerous. And so they didn't do that, but they did a really good job at recreating Mm -hmm. a very realistic set Mm -hmm. that um, this movie to this day, it's a hard one. It's tough. It's really tough. And I agree. It's definitely on my, my bigger list of isolation horror that is actually terrifying, which is Hush and The Descent are Mm -hmm. definitely two on that list where I consider rewatching because they're such good movies. And then I usually decide not to because (laughs) like it's a mood. Yeah. (laughs) I need to, it's not the comforting isolation horror of something like the shining or the thing or alien. It's not the comforting of the isolation or it doesn't match my mood and allow me to feel better. It scares the shit out of me and plays into all the fears around having to, uh, fight a overwhelming foe by yourself. So when Shannon you, wants a panic attack, she watches this movie. So if you like that shadow work <laughs> of being truly alone and fighting the worst thing you've ever come across, then that's the work you would do in, in those two movies for sure. For sure. I want to mention two other Stephen King movies because I do believe that in his books and his movies, isolation is certain isolating people or groups of people are definitely one of the things he, he addresses. And I always wonder if that's because, you know, he's from Maine and it's fucking cold. And so he's used to being isolated most of the winter, that kind of thing, or just the isolation of being a writer, but the mist Oh, is actually one of my favorite movies of the aughts for whatever reason. I loved the story back in the day, but the movie's actually very solid. It's also very long, like about two hours long, but it's actually very good. And also Misery. Yeah, Misery is a big one. So both Misery and The Mist are movies and The Shining are movies that I will rewatch in the isolation portion of his uh history uh, there's other movies of Stephen King's that I'll rewatch for other reasons but The Mist is is honestly one that I'll like throw on on a weekend you know Kathy often talks about like throwing on horror movies in the background to for ambiance The Mist is one of those ones that I don't have to watch the whole thing I don't have to like sit and watch every little bit of it but I will sometimes but you know, it's it's about a storm. They all get trapped in this grocery store and there's these bloodthirsty creatures outside. And it's very interesting how the citizens inside of this grocery store manage interpersonally. And I love those kinds of it's stories a good movie. too. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, I like it a lot. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to go obvious. Sure. If for those of you who have been following the show all you have, I mean, and have made notes about all your favorite things. No, because I mention it all the time, <laughs> and it's in the you know every year, even yeah. if you haven't listened to us from the beginning. <laughs> and I just rewatched it the other night, the 1974 Black Christmas. Oh yeah, that's a that's a staple for you every year. Staple for me, and for the same reason that The Shining scares me, the house in this film is used so well. Mm. The every room in this house. Someone can be, they could, there can be a party going on down in the living room yeah. and the attic, there's death happening mm-hmm. up there. Right. Um, it's a scary ass movie too. There, you know, there's girl comes home. They're all having like a fun Christmas party and partying downstairs and 
She just goes up to her bedroom to start packing. And it's the fucking 1974, so it's grainy. <laughs> the houses are kind of like empty so and scary. creepy and quiet. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's getting suffocated in her closet while they're all like clinking glasses and because the house is so big so awful um i love the characters in this uh olivia hussey's great but my favorite is uh margot kidder she's my favorite character. oh yeah she's the comic relief and she's and she's the badass too john saxon's amazing in this and you know andrea martin who plays phil um a lot of people will know her from my big fat greek wedding she plays the mother and she's hilarious and she's in this uh, much younger of course and they it's such a great cast the woman that plays the house mother she's hilarious so there is some good comic relief but my god not once they start the murder then there's no funny and they've redone this movie and it's terrible yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, but the new original. Awful. Oh, it's just stupid. It's like a music video. Well, and this was one of the pioneers of the killer POV, right? So this movie, Canadians oftentimes will throw some shade, which I get because John Carpenter's Halloween is supposed to be the first slasher. And these folks are going, uh-uh. <laughs> we are. Yeah, for right? sure. Right? We're a few years ahead of you. And they're not wrong. No, it's I just think that right. This is Canadian, so it, it it escapes a lot of the bigger American films, but now has become a huge, you know, cult favorite. Um, so I would say that, yeah, this movie came straight off the Giallo train or, or assembly line. <laughs> okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> so I'll always love this. This, this movie will always scare me. Yeah, it's yeah. a great one. I wanted to mention that there's another space horror that I actually really enjoy that's more contemporary that I feel like does a good job. And it's the name of its life. It's from 2017. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of people in it. And both of them. it's like not the most amazing movie you've ever seen, but I think it's a lot more solid. And I don't think a lot, everyone has seen it. I don't think it's one of those ones that people necessarily think of, but it's, definitely like a modern contemporary take on alien and it has i don't know if you guys saw that movie gravity with sandra bullock it has some elements of that which was not a horror movie but very much taps into (laughs) the the horror of being alone but you know like i said it's not it doesn't excel to the alien level and it's not like the best space movie you've ever seen but but it's a it's a very solid watch as far as isolation is concerned. I don't know if I've ever seen this, and I love this cast. Yeah, it's a pretty I'll good one. I would out. I would uh, put it on the the two watch list. And then the other one I definitely wanted to make sure that I mentioned is the Rec movies, R E C. The first one's from two thousand seven. It's found footage. It's basically like I don't know. I would say it's possibly the best found footage movie ever made Mm. in my opinion (laughs) and it's less than 90 minutes it's a television reporter and a cameraman follow emergency workers into a dark apartment building and are quickly locked inside with something terrifying if you're not sure if you like found footage and you're not sure you really want to watch it that's cool because i don't either but i do watch a lot more of it than someone who normally says they don't like it i know like every time i turn around i'm like pepper's got you influenced because you i know that you always say that and then you've watched a bunch well i have watched a bunch i do like to explore genres i don't 
think I like yeah. to find the gems, which sure. I realize is weird because I know most people are like, oh, I don't like that. I'm not going to watch it. But I also have a friend named Pepper who's a patron of ours who likes wa to watch all the found footage. So I often take recommendations from her, but I also watch a lot of trash found footage just because she's like, oh, I want to watch this movie. And I'll be like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And so I get exposed to it. So that helps as well. But Wreck is... I would say it's a cut above, like it's top three, top two, top five, whatever it is. It's a, it's a great, great flick. And it's definitely isolation. That's and cool. There's some spooky ass shit that happens in that it's movie. It's been nominated for quite a bit. It's really good. The last one I'll mention um, that I just find fun is okay. a movie from 2015 called Howl. Mm -hmm. And it's a British horror film as well. And it takes place on a bus. Okay. Or a train, excuse me, a train. It's really fun because once the <laughs> once <laughs> these werewolves unleash themselves, you really feel like you're trapped on this train. So when passengers <laughs> on a train are attacked by a creature, they must band together in order to survive until morning. This to me, this is just a really fun one. Lots of fantasy, lots of horror, lots of action. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fast moving and these creatures are fucking rad. And they and you know, like in any situation like this, people would be like, Who are we throwing in front of this guy to die? <laughs> yeah. And so you have a, a train packed full of people. Some are complete idiots and some are actual like survivors that know what they're doing and i just think it's a fun one that's great yeah i'll mention the 2006 movie bug which i think also doesn't get enough play it's with um it's directed by william friedkin and it has ashley judd and michael shannon in it and it also has harry connick jr has a great cast and i've seen it a few times it's one of those ones that like when we used to, when one used to have cable and you were flipping mm. by the channels, if I saw it, I would watch whatever part was on it because Michael Shannon is frankly fucking amazing in He's it. He's amazing. And if we ever, you know, wanted to do a conversation about psychology with in reference to this movie, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it in other ways on this show. I'm not remembering why, but it's one of my very favorite isolation ones. He's a war veteran and has and befriends this really lonely woman who played by Ashley Judd and they kind of hole up in this Oklahoma motel room and begin to have a folie de like a psychosis. And the line between reality and delusion is definitely blurred and they become in they discover a bug infestation and it becomes about these bugs and it's really good. And it's not gross. Like how you'd think bugs would be. It's not like that. Like the movie it's, mosquito. It's not about oh, bugs. That yeah. That was awful. <laughs> that was hard. This is not about the bugs. This is actually about the people you imagine with this heavy hitter, these heavy hitter actors that it's not going to be about the bugs. It's definitely about them. And it's William Friedkin like yeah. directed it. When you it's, said that, it's I was like really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really good. So put that one on your list. I would also put the movie P2 on your list and maybe ATM. I think you and oh, I both I saw that. I liked ATM. Yeah. So I would put ATM on there uh, as a movie to watch. And I would also put the movie P2, which is a horror thriller, a crime one. It's about a businesswoman who is pursued by a psychopath after being locked in a parking garage on Christmas Eve. So it's a Christmas movie. Merry Christmas. We know it's only a couple of days before Christmas. So well, this one. Yeah. And I'd throw Pontypool in there too. And Pontypool oh as well. Oh my God. That one is so effective and you don't even see a damn 
zombie for a very long time. It's I know. like Jaws. You don't I see know. the fucking shark. It's really not about that, right? It's like not. That it's becomes the, the fear outside, but the fear inside and the way that they people did that relate. So effectively. Really good. And these all these movies, um, Pontypool, P2, and uh, Bug... I can't remember when ATM's much more recent, but those three movies were all made around like 2006, 2007, 2008. ATM's so within the last few years, maybe 19. Yeah, ATM was pretty. It was like just before COVID, I think. Twenty. Oh, oh, or during COVID, twenty twelve. Oh wow. Okay, so maybe I just watched. Yeah, it during you and I COVID. watched it. I almost, <laughs> I almost streamed it for us on Discord the other night, but it wasn't streaming. Yeah, I watched it during COVID, so I, I came late to the party. Yeah, so I would one. mention all those, and then, um, and then I have one more. Do you have any? Um. More that you want to mention? No, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to mention the movie Dog Soldiers. This is from 2002. And it's like a military horror thriller action movie. And it's in the Scottish wilderness. And it's kind of like a routine military exercise type of movie. And then the shit goes down. And it's a great isolation horror. It's called Dog Soldiers. Uh, I'm looking up when it came out. Oh, yeah, I said it already. 2002. It's a really good one. <laughs> it's an enjoyable horror. It's like, uh, you know, you'll like it. I Sweet. Think. Most people will like it. So that's another one that I would I would recommend. So I think we've covered quite a few. I mean, there's endless amounts of these. There's whole subreddits and shit dedicated to isolation horror it's really something that i think as humans we're fascinated by and also terrified by so that always lends itself well to horror right and uh, it seems like a lot everyone is always trying to explore being isolated among others because that's our natural reality and even though it might not be a horror movie, I think there's isolation and uh, those kinds of themes in all genres of movies. And so yep. there's just like horror attends to that as well. And so check it out. I know it's the season. It might be very cold where you are. We hope you ha are having a good holiday season. And if you are alone on this holiday season and you are listening to us, we want you to know that we're here. Reach out to us. Yeah. Don't be alone. We're here for you. Chitty chat with us on any of our social medias. Become a patron. Chat with us on Discord. Whatever you want. You don't have to be alone. But you can watch Isolation Horror with us and enjoy it and explore those sides of yourself. And happy holidays, everyone. And I very much hope you enjoyed this episode. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.